In a world where the Marks think they know better than the wrestlers and the bookers, the Fantasy Booking Institute exists to pretty much do exactly that. This is a visit from the FBI. Welcome to another visit from the FBI. I am your host, as always, Officer Mark Smarks, and I am joined by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Erwin Michael Keith Fabe. Uh, for those new around here, I always like to give a brief rundown of the layout of the show. Uh, each week, we present a couple booking scenarios for the other to book. We have not discussed these fantasy booking cases, so our answers are going to be, you know, entirely unrehearsed and off the cuff and and improvised, and uh, that can be weird sometimes and awkward, but it's always a lot of fun. Um, it has been a hell of a week in professional wrestling, so we have an absolute plethora of options to talk about or to do. Um, so because of that, without further ado. Uh, we're gonna get to the first one. So uh, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Before you do this, I gotta. I mean, I gotta give you props on your multiple, multiple um, puns there. <laughs> hell of a week, <laughs> and um, that this is uh, this is off the cuff, and sometimes can be difficult. <laughs> what are you talking about? You yeah. have been vicious, brother. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to be right. so vicious this week. Uh, we've had um, with Hell in a Cell and AEW and NXT and the premiere of SmackDown last week, and even last week's season premiere of Raw, there's been a whole lot of fun stuff to, to go through. And so we do have a whole lot of options, but they're also, uh, you know, to address the elephant in the room is was the horrible ending to Hell in a Cell, which I am certain will come up someplace in this conversation. Um, I feel like that's an indicator that you've got something coming for me on that. Uh, it might be. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Huh? Um, but uh, but because of that, I'm going to try to keep the at least my options for for at least some of these a little bit more positive. And and I mean, we I, I am sure on the wrestling booking unit later this week, we will go into uh, the Hell in a Cell um, a little bit more hardcore. A plethora of negative. Yeah, plethora of negative <laughs> on that one. Um, but so because of that, we're going to go to uh, case number one. <sighs> DA Fabe, your yeah. choice. You have choices. Uh, choice one or choice two. Make your pick. Oh, I don't get to know the choices? Nope. This is a blind pick. Okay. Choice two? Choice two. Good choice. Good choice. So, what your uh, case tonight is, I want you, with um, the advent of AEW Dynamite last week and the uh, crowning of the inaugural woman's champion for AEW, I want you to book the AEW women's title picture for the foreseeable future. You don't have to go a year out, but I, you know, go out well past uh, uh, full gear. 
you know, so that we've got like a, a serious long-term booking sort of feud. Okay. And I will say uh, surprise signings are allowed because this is fantasy booking. If there's a, a person uh, on another roster that you think uh, belongs in AEW, um, go for it. You know, we're going to, you know, we don't know anything about people's contract situations. We are entirely outsiders on that conversation. Oh, so, so you're, you're even saying like, like I could have Shayna Baszler come over. You sure could. I mean, ar- we- arguably speaking, her her contract, we don't know. It could have been a five-year contract, could have been a three-year contract. If it was a three-year contract, it'd be pretty close to up. We don't know. So this is where you get to have a little fun with this. How do you want the women's title picture to go? Well, I, I think there's an obvious um, position right now. I'm actually going to I'm gonna hold myself a little bit accountable here and not have... Um, outsiders per se with the exception of Kylie Ray because um, whatever made her choose not to be part of uh, AEW may very well come back I mean at the end of the day Pac chose not to be part of AEW for a couple shows was all Um, that said I'm going to start with right now we've got um we just finished the Nyla Rose versus Riho match. Uh, Rio won uh, in a surprise. I I truly feel that the commentator had to be thought about there. Um, we don't have Britt Baker special guest commentate for no reason. Um, mm-hmm. And I think most people would agree with that. Um, that said... I, I, I believe that Nyla is going to say, I, I destroyed you the whole match. Um, I deserve another shot. And I think our number one contenders match is probably going to be Britt versus Nyla. Um, and it'll probably be, I think, I think it'll be addressed either on being the elite or on the show or dark, uh, AEW dark within the next two weeks on which one of those two will be the number one contender. Um, but I truly feel that um, Britt Baker is going to be the next title shot. Um, there's there's something to be said for how well Britt uh, performs in the ring. Um, however, I am very proud of AEW for not putting the blonde bombshell on the first title. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Because it was easy to do. So um, I feel like Britt Baker beats Nyla for a number one contendership. We might have another match there. Um, we might have a, a a guest signing like Rosemary or something come along. Um, oh man, I forgot one other that I would. Bring. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and con- pretend that Emma's part of this too. Um, okay. Not Emma. Tenille. I apologize, Danielle Dashwood. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very plausible. So and and so I'm gonna book it all the way to Tenille, uh, which is gonna be four or five title changes. So. Um, we're going to have uh, Britt win her number one contendership over Nyla. Um, Nyla's very upset and starts going on a tear, but I think we end up with a Nyla versus Awesome Kong through that. Um, so, or or Aja Kong, either one. Um, and I think Riho um, beats Britt Baker. Um, and an absolute showstopper of a match. Absolute showstopper of a match. Um, 
so Rio Riho becomes the two time or the the defending champion and actually defends successfully. I think the next move from there uh, would be to have Azure awesome challenge. I think I think they're gonna go big small big small with this. Um, and I know that sounds messed up to say, but Aja and Awesome are enormous powerhouse characters, and they put on and and quite frankly, if you look at any of their past matches, they put on a, a, a show in terms of showmanship, much like Nyla does. Um, there's a lot of showmanship in all three of those, and for uh, we've had a lot of times in history where larger women did not put on that showmanship. Um, so we have Brit get her win, um, or I'm sorry, we have we have uh, Riho get a win over Britt Baker, um, which allows Britt Baker to have a match with with uh, any number of, of characters. Um, I feel like I feel like they're almost going with an authority figure angle eventually with with uh, Brandy. Um, but I think it's going to be more of an authority brand. Brandy wants awesome to destroy this person or that person. Um, so I'm going to say this, the, the next challenger will be Aja Kong by surprising awesome Kong in a match. Uh, and Aja Kong. And then we get a, a, you know, match that's been, that's happened in the past, <laughs> which is kind of cool, but hasn't happened on AEW. And so then we get, and, and I think that's where we take the title off of Riho. Um, at which point we can have a smaller character, say Britt Baker come out and, and now she gets the title. She beats, uh, Aja Kong. And as Britt Baker holds it, the night she gets the win, I, I would say to Dashwood shows up. Um, and that's her, her contract night. We're talking probably January, February here sometime. And um, to Neil Dashwood, uh, you, we, we get our bombshell match that, that Vince would want. But we have a bombshell match which, with the with actually talented bombshells. <laughs> and so I think to Neil Dashwood gets it. And I think eventually... Um, just her her abilities on the mic, her abilities to to carry a character, whether it's the current Tennille Dashwood character, whether it's the Emma characters, the multiple Emma characters she's had in the past, I think says something. And I think Tennille kind of becomes uh, the women's division of AEW's version of Stone Cold versus Brandy. I think eventually what we have is is hopefully Brandy's skill gets good enough to you know or or a minion or a a group that she leads gets good enough to create a challenge for Tanil because Tanil definitely has the charisma to pull off a stone cold esque character. But that's where I'm going with it. And I don't want Brandy Broads to win the championship, but I think that happens. I get it. I get it. Okay. Interesting you didn't put Allie anywhere in the mix. Uh, well, especially as much as I like her. Yeah. But, but I think this I think this I think Allie 
comes into play in the Brandy Rhodes saga more than it comes into play before Brandy Rhodes thinks she's going to push somebody else off. If, if we're going to, I mean, the booking for Brandy Rhodes seems to be going to I'm the boss, you know, like not, not I'm Sasha Banks, the boss, but I'm the leader of this division. And so I'll do what I want to do. Um, which is a little WWE-esque, but I think they can do it different. I also think WWE hasn't really done it in the women's division with a wrestler. They've done it with Stephanie, but let's be honest about who Stephanie is. So, um, yeah, you didn't tell me to book all of the women's division no. at that time. I, I just, I just kind of figured Allie would be up there. Well, yeah. Truth be told, I got so excited when I realized I could put Tennille Dashwood in. I forgot <laughs> about Allie. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, the thing is, I'm just looking at the AEW women's roster right now. So that, you know, it and really I also. stacked. Uh, it's so stacked. It is. Um, interesting to note that Aja Kong is not currently listed on their roster. So we'll Boy, see. It really seemed like they were building a uh, Aja yeah. versus Awesome feud. And it could be that they just haven't worked out a long-term contract with her yet. Who knows? But, but I just noticed that, and I was like, interesting. But, um, and we'll talk a little bit later about AEW Dark that aired tonight because I know you didn't get a chance to watch it. So, so um, I have to do anything today. Yeah. <laughs> the life of a DA. Yeah. Okay, but the uh, excellent booking. I, I, you know, I would uh, enjoy seeing any of that happen so you know I think I think you got a good idea there so well um, I <laughs> I told you I wouldn't do another seasonal one in September and look it's October oh, and the seasonal one I did in I, September I, <laughs> The seasonal one I did in September. If you guys want to go back and listen, I had I had uh, Officer Smarks book um, the a WWE uh, Halloween style match, which will be terrible. It will when it happens, and it will happen. Um, and now, because it is October. WWE really, really, really enjoys having characters that are based on monsters, air quotes there, to steal your line, officer's marks. Um, by monsters, I mean characters like the Yeti, characters like um, Gangrel, um, Kevin Thorne's character, whatever it was, uh, in WWE where it was all white, but he was still... Uh, vampire of some type. So you do. You also get a choice. You get to choose the monster type. I was going to force you to do a vampire, but you get to choose the traditional monster choice, but you have to book the person and the run of a successful monster character because that's what they've never had, with the exception. I, you, I suppose you could say the Undertaker is... But he's not. I hate you. <laughs> and you're up. And I'm uh, gonna. Mute. I just want to sit back and listen. Oh, oh, geez. Successful monster type. 
Oh, I've literally got my head in my hands right now. This cliche. You have to make this cliche. Because I don't think The Undertaker counts as a, as a monster type. I don't think Kane maybe did. So you might have a story there already. Um, but, you know, well, when you're talking Yeti or Giant Gonzalez, who was a. How was Yeti? A, why, why was that his name? He was a mummy. Well, I think it's because they didn't know how to do a Yeti without it looking worse than the mummy, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> like, Giant Gonzalez's uh, uh, costume looked horrible, and a True. Yeti costume would be a white version like that, oh, yeah. uh, and that would look even worse. So I think <laughs> they booked themselves kind of into a corner, and then they're like, oh, what do we do? Uh, wrap a guy in toilet paper and send him out Yeti. there. Wasn't Yeti WCW? He wasn't WWE. Yeah, he was WCW. Halloween Havoc 95? Just really like, bad. Really yeah. bad. Yeah. Comes out and dry humps Hogan for a while. <laughs> I, I promised I was going to mute. But but I, I, I did want to clarify that I don't consider The Undertaker a monster because it's not a traditional monster. Um, Kane, you might be able to consider that, but you can go and I'll remute. Okay. Well, I mean, I think just uh, just thinking about it, uh, I think the the monster you have to do is a werewolf, and the reason I think werewolf works so well is uh, because you can do kind of a, a Jekyll and Hyde sort of character, similar to the fiend where where he's uh, a normal guy through much of the month and then uh, the monster comes out of him. Uh, and so at that point, then you've got got the ability to do like the crazy stuff. So in a way, it'd be, you could pitch it kind of like Finn Balor's The Demon where you know he can be beat as himself, but uh, but when the 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 wolf comes out, then he is basically unstoppable. Who I would put in the role is the tougher part, and I'm kind of looking through here, and I just like it's got to be someone I've got faith in enough to uh, to pull off like this. Uh, without it looking absolutely horrible but it's also got to be someone that I don't like their character right now enough because when they've got a great character right now uh, it would be the worst thing in the world to throw them that way Yeah, why? Would... I guess theoretically the Fiend fits into this category and I, I feel terrible for throwing him out but I really wanted it to be traditional yeah. 1930s type characters so, so I think I know who I I would choose. Uh, he's he's a little bit less known. He's an NXT wrestler uh, who uh, right now um, has only been been uh, on screen a little bit, and he's got a good look, and uh, he's um, uh, a decent wrestler, all in all. But his character just doesn't kind of, um, like, swing. You know what I mean? It's like he's shown up. He was in the breakout tournament, 
and he lost in the first round, and he went out with Dexter Loomis, uh, who used to wrestle under the name uh, Samuel Shaw, which apparently is his real name. So, um, so you know, but you can do the Dexter Loomis character, uh, um, and you could do it like a a like I say, like a Finn Balor sort of thing where he comes out most of the time he's he's a normal person. He can be beat. Um, but but then that one time of the month, the toughest thing about doing a werewolf character is getting around the whole full moon concept because you can't book your pay-per-views based on the full moon. Uh, and so, you know, you can't, you know, you have to come up with a reason that he can transform not in the full moon. And and I think you can kind of lean on the uh, uh, brilliant and classic uh, movie Teen Wolf. Wolf. I knew that was coming. Uh, <laughs> a it. bit. And and pitch it that the, the moon plays into it, but his uh, emotions can play into it as well. So when he gets really riled up uh you know and and, and a, a person pushes him to the limits that's when the wolf comes out um and you know you can actually do it fairly easily uh without like the tough thing you don't want to do anything like prosthetics anymore uh just because they they can come off and they can look bad and all that but you could have him he could grow his hair out but normally wrestle with it pulled back into into a ponytail or a bun of some sort. But uh, when he's the wolf, you have the hair you know, out of the bun and long and wild, maybe even gel it out a little bit so it's even wilder and, and, and looks crazy. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of fun stuff you can do with it, but I kind of think that's where I'd go uh, uh, with it. But yeah. I really hate you. Uh, I, was, <laughs> I was being nice this week. I was being nice and you. I wasn't trying to be mean. I just, you know, we have to have these season once once a month, and and I wanted you don't to beat have you to, to the have punch. them ever. I you wanted to beat don't. you to the punch. I mean, I could be nice and do like AEW's Halloween match. I just don't see them doing one. Yeah. I don't see them behaving that way. But uh, we know there's going to be another monster. And and how long did they push the whole vampire thing before they realized, yeah, this doesn't work in pro wrestling. But with yours, I'm most excited to see um, to see the crappy CGI transformation that they tried. Like, they tried it with The Fiend. And mm-hmm. they tried it... Oh, do you remember... You remember when Finn Balor did the, the oh that was so horrible, yep. so bad. I was just like, why do you have to show an on-screen transformation? Why can't it just be that way that day? So now you the know? upsides with uh, using Dexter Loomis, Samuel Shaw, is he was trained by Bubba Ray Dudley, Devon Dudley, and Mister Hughes. So uh, he he's been trained by people who very well like kind of embodied the monster style of wrestling you know what i mean the big power moves the all that stuff so if if i had to do it that's probably how i do it right now but oh geez 
I'm sorry. I apologize for next week in advance. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna you're gonna pay next week. <laughs> you are gonna pay. But okay, so we're gonna move on. Once upon a time. Hmm. Wasn't there a wrestler that was like a Christmas tree once upon a time? Yeah, I kind of blanked it out for my memory. It was really short-lived, and it was horrible. Yeah. Horrible. All right. So, case number three for you. Uh, Going back to my hint from earlier... Uh, we know what a craptastic show uh, the ending of Hell in a Cell was. More specifically, the final match of Hell in a Cell, The Fiend versus Seth Rollins. Okay. So your challenge is to rebook that Hell in a Cell match uh, in a way that would make the most people happy. It can't be done. <laughs> I don't know. Um <laughs> You're stuck with it. You got to figure it out. He's, they 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 booked you into this corner. There's going to be a Hell in a Cell match between the Fiend and Seth Rollins. It's going to be for the Universal Championship. Okay, so it has to be for the title and everything. Has to be for the title. It's it's the exact same setup. How do you book out of that corner that they booked? You know, half the match was perfect. Well, more than half the match. I mean. Um, I absolutely loved the fiend taking the hits and bouncing up. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, he's, he's six stomps or eight stomps in and he's jumping up. unlike Braun or Brock ever did. I mean, he's not even getting, he's not even getting near falls, you know, they're not even getting covers. Um, I, I would say the first, the first just the the match itself the first 20 minutes are exactly what happened or well how long was it 12 minutes total i don't even know i've kind of blanked a lot of it from my memory <laughs> it wasn't that bad stop Ten. Uh, well I, no, it's just was so tough talking, to follow with the red light i'm not gonna have it in red light i i i thought i liked it at first um i think you can do a dark audience match and get the same effect like they do like they started doing on the third hour raw at one point um i think that dark audience match is a good idea um so i i think i start with the the having the light but shutting off the surround lights kind of changing the atmosphere there a little bit the cage itself was red i don't think you needed red lighting along with it i, I just think it was so over the top um I, I humbly don't believe you can have the fiend um, lose this match because of where we're at with him. So I'm gonna go ahead and say, you know, not only do I not have the fiend lose the match, um, flat out he can win. I mean, he can win by mandible claw. He can win by um, Sister Abigail. He can win by whatever. The level of beating that happened, I will. I loved. I think you continue that. In fact, the bringing the whole toolbox in and hitting the chairs and everything, loved it. Loved the giant clown circus sledgehammer. Um, God, that was awesome. 
seeing that giant fake sledgehammer. I was like, this is so hilariously terrifying. Um, you can even have Seth bring in Triple H's sledgehammer. Um, but the Fiend has to be able to jump up from all of it and get the win. And, um, you know, if you could do it safely, have them swing the sledgehammers at each other and they, they strike the sledgehammers themselves strike against each other. Um, and you know, just kind of a sledge versus sledge type thing, I guess. Um, and at that point, then we go to the fiends, just the darkest version of the fiend and an unrelenting mandible claw. Um, you can, you can do match stoppage, which I think is what they said it was. Now it's not DQ, right? Yeah. They said it was referee stoppage because he deemed that the fiend was unable to compete anymore. Well, I, I would makes no sense because the fiend sat back up and attacked him later. So attacked him later. Yeah. Um, I would, yeah, I think I'd have the fiend administer a mandible claw. Maybe Seth doesn't even tap out. Um, but is unable to compete at the end of that. Somebody, the ref walks up to him, hands him his new title and he knocks it out of the ref's hands and walks away because it was never about the title. And that's, I think that's, that's all you can do. And then you book into some type of tournament. Um, Seth has, has prior advantage, home field advantage. Um, you, you even beat, book the fiend in the tournament and he just doesn't show up because he has nothing against Chad Gable in the first round of the tournament. So Chad Gable gets a forfeit win against the fiend, but the fiend didn't lose, you know, type thing. Like I'm not here for the title. So why are you putting me in this tournament? Or maybe even brave shows up for that part. Not the fiend. You know, Bray just shows up and he's like, oh, hey, friend. And he tries to shake Chad's hand. No, I want to help you out. And he lays down for him and, you know, something along those lines where Bray is separate from the Fiend, much like your werewolf idea. Um, and and that's, that's the way you put the title back on somebody. You can kind of build the title then and you can build up other wrestlers. You don't have to have... Seth Rollins, the whatever slayer each individual time. Um, but yeah, I think you have Fiend win that title or win that match because it's a match he wanted, not because it's for the title. And then you just have him just knock the title out of the ref's hands like I, like he didn't want it or bandable claw the ref or whatever. Like, why are you invading my space? And he attacks the ref. I don't care how they do that. But um, essentially have the fiend vacate his one title. That's what I would have done differently. Interesting. And that gives you time to build all the way to rest or all the way to Royal rumble. You can have the final, you can have the final at, uh, you can have the final at, uh, uh, survivor series. You can have the final at, um, What's this year's between Survivor Series and Royal Rumble? What are they doing this time? Uh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Give me a second. 
Is, is it TLC or? It typically was, but they've done some weird changes. Changed so much schedule. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. And you could have you can have that tournament go all the way through. Um, I think I think you and I have talked about it before. I think at the end of the day, it is time to have a character who's less concerned with whether or not he has the gold. Um, even the Undertaker, you know, had had several stints in his career where he didn't care about being champion. He just whoops was the champion. You know. Yeah, it's TLC. So TLC. Okay. So you could have it end at TLC in a chairs match or whatever. You can build it however you want because we all know that the next two weeks of building after the draft is going to be about how are we going to have Survivor Series go up these two shows against each other. By the way, in case anybody's wondering, expect SmackDown to fully dominate. Oh, Um, yeah. In (laughs) fact, I was thinking about it and I think they've actually, because they've known about this Fox deal for a while, I think they they planned on it for for years because it's I think it's why they had Raw dominate the last two years, especially yeah. last year where Raw got the quote unquote clean sweep because they didn't count the pre show match that SmackDown won. <laughs> that oops, but, oops, we we didn't get the memo we were supposed to lose. Yeah, so um, but I think that was all about setting up uh, this year. For SmackDown to make a triumphant victory, uh, uh, because it's now the A show. Well, I think they knew that they were going to be selling SmackDown somewhere else, mm-hmm. or at least giving SmackDown the option. And I think they had to keep USA a little bit happy there. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so I don't know that they knew it was going to to Fox though. Uh, I don't think it was public, but you gotta you gotta say there there had to have been backstage talking already you know about it and there was you know in terms of of the contract might not have been signed but they knew it was a very very likely opportunity you know highly lucrative deal yeah one well, yeah very likely to happen so they start planning it out a couple of years in advance that fox deal is almost as lucrative as going to saudi arabia but you yeah know about that yeah <laughs> yeah don't get me started on saudi arabia <laughs> All right, so um Ah shucks. You took my plan on the fiend. But not really. Cuz I feel like you're going to be really vicious next week cuz I'm going to have you book fixing what happened on Sunday night not fixing the match but fixing after it so the future part of this and how you make that right you you don't <laughs> i mean the the real fix is a time machine you go back in time and you know i mean like you were saying i i agree we need to have a character who's not about the the title but you have to set that up in advance so you couldn't have you know having him just just decline the title without any um uh, warning about it kind of feels a little disingenuous but 
but if you set it up, uh, you know, a month in advance when they first challenge that I challenge you for Hell in a Cell, but I don't want your title. I just want your soul. Well, I can't use soul, I guess, because that would uh, the, the Undertaker. Undertaker would be like, no, I eat his soul. Uh, but yeah, you know, and then you just set it up that way, because if you set it up in advance that he doesn't care about the title. Uh, well, the, it, the sad part is they had all those all those opportunities to quickly take the title off Seth. Just for a little bit. I mean, you don't have to take it off of him forever. We've talked about this before. WWE somewhere in in the last 20 years has gotten the impression that somebody holding a title for a long time is a benefit. Mm-hmm. And I, we we both remember a time when the title changing hands quickly gave more I value blame to CM seven. Punk. You blame CM Punk? Yeah. Well, more specifically, CM Punk's really long title reign, his record-setting title reign. Um, I think that the fans reacted so well to that, and they liked him as the champion for so long, that that's where WWE got this idea that you have to have the belt on someone for a long time. which is which is why they put it on Brock for so long, and you and I have talked about it, and we'll talk about it on a future episode uh, too. You know, having it on Brock was not the problem. Uh, Brock is not the problem. To be perfectly honest, Brock being the champion is not the problem. It's Brock being the champion and never being there is the problem. Yeah. Right. Um, because Brock is wildly entertaining when he's on the show, and he's oh. killing people. Right. Um, but the problem was that he had the title and he was never around and not even, and not even just not defending it, just never around. Right. You don't have to have it defended all the time, but you have to have it there all the time, or at least, at least every other week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so back to your case here. I feel like you just sidetracked question. <laughs> we we could talk about Brock all night, and that would make me way happier than trying to fix this mess. Um, but back so, yeah. to your question. Um, well, how they fix it? What they should have done was on the night of Hell in a Cell. They should have fixed it by making it a true double turn, right? Uh, which I think might have been what they were kind of going for, but they didn't go all in on it. Uh, But you've got the fiend. All in in is AEW. Oh, true, true. They didn't put all their cards on... No, that's a gambling meme, too. Um, They didn't go whole hog with it. There we go. Whole hog. Uh, And they own WCW now, so yeah, you can do the hog reference. Yeah. Uh, except the Harley group will get angry. Anyways, but... <coughs> excuse me. Uh, but so what they should have done is gone all in on it uh, with um, uh, Seth just just funneling into this darkness inside him. And they should have recognized that as much as they've been booking... Uh, the fiend to be a heel, a monster who comes in and destroys people. The crowd is behind him. The crowd is cheering for him, and they have been for a month or two months. You know, um, they they had him take out 
Kurt Angle, who the crowd loves. And what did the crowd do? Cheered. Yeah! So, so at that point, they should have recognized that the Fiend is not a heel, at least not in the way that they want him to be. The Fiend is a face in the eyes of the crowd. And so yeah. the Hell in a Cell match, what they should have done is they should have booked it as a full double turn where Seth goes fully dark and uh, just beating, 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 um, and and even tries to, to chicken his way out of it, get out of the cell and walk away with the belt. You know what I mean? Uh, and the ref stops him and says, nope, no champion's advantage in this. You can't leave with the belt. You know, he, he you know, this this match now is uh, no disqualification. Uh, and then he goes back in. You know, of course, it always should have been no disqualification because it's a freaking hell in a cell match. Correct. But I feel like you're rebooking the match and not fixing it now. But my point I is, so, the match. <laughs> so so my point it. is, if they if they'd have gone all in on that. And they still can retroactively go in on it, right? Yes. Uh, but you go all in on it. You couldn't even retroactively do it. So you can have um, it end the way it did at the end. Um, you know, my point is, I, I don't think they're too into it now to, to fix it this way. But then on Raw this week, right, you have Seth Rollins come out now the cocky heel champion, right? And okay. you have him come out and talk about how he, I destroyed uh, uh, the Fiend at Hell in a Cell. I destroyed him. And the crowd would go, boo, because they hate that concept. And they'd say, you didn't destroy him. He still got up and mandible clawed you afterwards. So, And then he talks about, I'm the greatest champion ever. Not only did I destroy uh, uh, the beast. I slayed the beast. I beat the monster. I even slayed the king, right? I am the greatest champion the king ever. Or the, fiend? the king, going back to the Kingslayer, Triple H. Okay. Yep. So, so you have him just go all in on this cocky heel character, heel champion character, which, let's be honest, you and I have said he's better at anyways. Yeah. And and in many ways, it's what his persona is online anyways. If you read his Twitter feed. Yeah. More the way. He, so you just have him go all in on it. Right. And and basically act like he destroyed the fiend and the crowd would would be instantly against him. The fiend would stay um, more over than ever. And and you go in on that and then you can have the fiend come out and attack him again and he uses some you know chicken way to get out again maybe even uh this time throwing a referee in front of the fiend or whatever and so uh you can go in on this you can let the fiend be this monster face that we want to get behind which in many ways kane was that way like he was originally booked to be this monster bad guy sort of a thing and the crowd kind of loved him um, yeah. well, and, and, and so what they, we what we really loved was that he didn't 
talk. And I think that might be kind of where we're at with The Fiend. Bray Wyatt does all the talking for The Fiend. And I know that sounds stupid because they are the same person, but they are not the same character. I don't know that we've we've heard the fiend talk other than occasionally on a vignette with a let me in, you know he's, type thing. He's done laughing and he said a few things, but they were so hard to understand that I, you know, like when he when he uh, was attacking Braun uh, during that match a couple weeks ago, um, he's saying something, but I couldn't really understand what he was. But that's my yeah. point. Yeah, you can have him be this quiet, but have him be this monster, but as as the crowd favorite monster. And so then you start having him go after the other heels, right? So you can have him uh, interject him into the Bobby Lashley thing where uh, Bobby Lashley's out there making out with Lana and trying to make Rusev look bad. And then all of a sudden the fiend comes and just mandible claws Bobby Lashley to the ground and then leaves. And because the crowd loves Rusev and uh, Bobby Lashley's a, a heel that would further cement. But I think the way you fix it to get to the end of this is you go all in on the Fiend is actually a face and Seth Rollins is the heel. And you let Seth Rollins be the heel. Um, and then you book it up to a match at, you know, TLC. You could do a TLC match. Uh, which is effectively no disqualification. Uh, uh, They'd mess it up. They would. Um, uh, you know, if you do it for TLC, it's going to be after Survivor Series, which means we're going to have to see Rock versus uh, Rollins again if they continue to book uh, Raw versus SmackDown. Not looking forward to that, but... Oh, it, I don't know that they'll book. I think they'll just have a traditional Survivor Series this year. The reason I think that is they've needed that for a while. Where it was just a Survivor Series of, of this team versus this team. I'd love to see internals against each other, but we can worry about uh, fantasy booking the entire show of Survivor Series, say next week or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but that's that's I, how I would fix forgiveness. Up. <laughs> or I need to beg for forgiveness. I did think of one thing while you were talking, and this is this is just an idea. Because the fiend is a character or a demonic possession, how cool would it be if because Seth beat the fiend, Seth became the fiend? I, don't, I think that's something they could do, and then all of a sudden Firefly Flanhouse is with Seth. And all of a sudden, Seth is wearing the costume. I don't know. Like, is that garbage? I I think um, the internet as a collect collective would flip their tables if they tried to do that. So, um, <laughs> uh, so. I don't think Seth is the right guy to have that happen. But I didn't think he should have beat him anyways. But so. like, so yeah. So now we've done how I would would fix the mess, and I you know it's putting a band-aid on the Hoover Dam right now, but um Yeah. But the better the better option would have been to go back in the beginning and yeah, for both not, not uh not book them into a title match on the you could still put them in Hell in a Cell, but you can yeah. either take the title off Seth in advance or have it not be about the title. I mean if if you make the fiend or Bray Wyatt specifically say he's not interested in the title a month in advance you set it up 
uh, right off the bat that you know no he doesn't care about that and it's not a title match and then you can have uh, Bray beat the tar out of uh, Rollins in the match and and win and the fans would be happy and uh, you don't have to worry about the title uh, they're just so worried about keeping the title on Rollins who's their guy that they uh, uh, made a stupid stupid choice and apparently backstage Vince McMahon knew really quickly but so now I figured um, we'd kind of go in I know you said you didn't get a chance to uh, to watch um, uh, Raw much yesterday really busy and then AEW Dark today which is AEW's new show where they show the dark matches, the supposed dark matches, which I suppose they're not technically dark matches now that they're actually on a show, are they? Well, they're internet-based only, though, so it's like watching... They're still canon. Cody Rhodes has said these win-loss records will count, so... So those matter. Cool. matter. Anyway, so on Raw yesterday, um, we talked uh, a little bit about Bobby Lashley. He did another thing where... Uh, he was already apparently it started off I missed the very beginning but it started off with uh, Randy Orton uh, beating up on Rusev in the ring already uh, which was interesting that it started off with that but then Bobby Lashley on the video screen and and he's uh, making out uh, with Lana in the bed and uh, Lana reveals that everything we know is now uh, now in my name and uh, the checking account is empty so Rusev is now broke and alone and then they go back to making out and she makes it look like she's removing her tops on, uh, under the sheet to go back to having sex with him and then Rusev uh, snaps and beats the tar out of both Randy Orton and, and Baron Corbin King and Corbin, get it right King Corbin, yes so, so that was actually pretty cool uh, and then uh, I missed most of this match for obvious reasons. Last woman standing, Natalia versus Lacey Evans. Um, but it ended with Natalia winning. So, how would you skip watching your two favorite characters? Uh, dinner ain't gonna cook itself. <laughs> well, oh man, I could have just made something a really sexist remark, and I'm not gonna, but because um, I'm not really that sexist, but um. Uh, then uh, you had the Viking Raiders versus Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Um, the Raiders won, which uh, should mean that they get a shot at the title belt soon. And then uh, you had some vignettes a little earlier about with Aleister Black backstage talking about how he's going to show off how good he is for the draft. And now he's going to go out and he's going to pick a fight with someone. And those someones were Sunil and Samir Singh. Uh, because that's who we really wanted to see on Raw this week was the Singh brothers. Well, uh, interestingly enough, why do they pick a fight back when they're constantly running from everybody? Yeah, I don't know. They did this whole... I mean, you and I don't follow 205 Live much, so apparently on that, they uh, they have to get this whole Bollywood gimmick where... They've got um, a, a trophy that they claim is like the Bollywood version of an Oscar because they're Bollywood stars or whatever. I don't know. Anyways, they pick a fight with him and he destroys them. And um, 
I mean, I guess it's everything we uh, want to see from Aleister Black is him just come out and black mass people. So um, yeah. then he had a six man tag match, Lucha House Party versus the OC, which uh, was fine, I guess. Uh, the OC won. Uh, the the Lucha Botch Party did not botch too much, so that was cool, I guess. Um, then you had Miz TV with uh, Meeting of the Champions, uh, Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch out there. And they were cordial to each other, and um, they were fine. And then... Everything we don't like about Charlotte and Becky when they don't hate each other. Yeah. I mean, they did have a little bit of tension back and forth, but then uh, uh, Asuka and Kyrie Sane came out saying that uh, you know, Lynch and Flair aren't the most dominant competitors. And so uh, they put together a match with the Kabuki Warriors versus Flair and Lynch. And um, the Kabuki Warriors won basically the same way they won last night with the Green Mist and and everything. You know, it was a pretty decent match. And afterwards, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross come out and beat up the Kabuki Warriors and chase them off. So cool, I guess. They're going to yeah. continue that feud a bit and I mean it's nice that now that uh, uh, Bliss and Cross aren't the champions they're not just okay they're they're splitting up now you know they're at least continuing that story yeah and, and then you had Ricochet versus Apollo Crews and it was a very very short match and uh, Ricochet won and it really didn't show off either of them very well. Um, that one I didn't get to see, but no, it didn't. Yeah. And then Tyson Fury came out to demand his apology from Big Show. Uh, from, oh, excuse me, Braun Strowman. Big I Show. called him Big, Big Show because he's now delivering the knockout punch just like Big Show. Um, out of nowhere, the, the character who's never really been a punching character before just suddenly decided that I'm going to start throwing punches because I've got a feud to build with a boxing guy. Anyways. Um, and then it turned I mean, are they, are they building this like like Mayweather and Big Show? Because this does not build the same way that Mayweather and Big Show did. Big Show was 450 pounds yeah. and seven foot tall. Mayweather's five foot two and a buck fifty soaking wet. No, they're building this as two big men who who both have too much pride, I guess, and and want to fight each other. So big well, old. Why don't they just have a Ziggler throwing contest? Yeah, they could. Yeah, that would be more more entertaining than the schmas they had. <laughs> and and that was I'm basically sorry, about it. So yeah, I mean. Here's the deal. They also, and sadly, they didn't address. And I, I hope this isn't just, uh, well, we'll just sweep it under the rug. We made a mistake. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they basically spent the entire night not talking about it. Yeah. You, you definitely want to see a moment where uh, you not you don't have something. It almost feels like, with the exception of the women's division, they ignored last night. Um, and so, I hope that they didn't end up just ignoring last night. 
they did a a package at one point about the match. Um, well, and they had but, the shorty G stuff too, which was a which was a recognition of the night before. Yeah, but uh, but for the most Nat- part, it was kind of a Natty and Lacey. Mm-hmm. I suppose they kind I, of addressed. They, they, they addressed the events of the night before. They just glossed over the the final match as much as they could and tried, tried to ignore it. But the, yeah, they didn't they didn't uh, they didn't address most of the rest of the night in terms of building feuds or anything like that. Which I guess they have to they had to fill to the the draft. Yeah, and that's really they set the night up as a showcase. You know, this is where you can show off. Uh, so for the people to draft you next week, um, you know, and uh, Paul Cruz. Yeah, and and the whole thing they made a big deal about how champions don't necessarily stay on their show, and uh, that tag teams can be drafted separately. So uh, uh, it'll be interesting. It'd be really funny if after building up the Viking Warriors, they split them up next week and. But uh, yeah. and then ton- tonight, yeah, it'd be funny in in the same way the Hell in a Cell match was funny. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, then tonight was the debut episode of AEW Dark, uh, which was the new show that they just announced last week, uh, where they take the dark matches from Dynamite taping. And they put them up. It's kind of presented like uh, like main event sort of a thing where you've got Tony Schiavone standing in the control room talking about uh, uh, the matches that are kind of come up and kind of setting them up. And then they show the match and then they go back to him and he talks a little bit more about it. Um, but it's interesting because it means now when you go to a AEW Dynamite taping uh, you actually technically get to see two shows all at once. Uh, and I, I think it's actually kind of brilliant because it allows your wrestlers to potentially work alternating weeks. Um, not all of them, but a lot of them could be there uh, for one night of dynamite taping. And, uh, you know, whether they're on dynamite or on aw dark then the next week they don't necessarily have to be there because they were already on one of the previous two shows which allows them to showcase some other people um which is really nice but they did uh specifically state that these are canon these count towards their win-loss records uh and they've shown that tag matches count towards the win-loss record of both people right so uh like the young bucks have Winlock's rec- record individually of that's the same as their current tag record because all of their matches have been tag matches, but it's kind of interesting there. So, um, like Darby Allen, who previously had a tie against uh, Cody, but then he also appeared in a couple multi-man matches and he lost those. Uh, so technically he's got uh, I think it's an 0-2 uh, and, and one tie record right now. But he, he started off in the dark match against uh, Shima, um, which uh, was an absolute banger of a match. And uh, Darby Allen uh, won with his coffin drop. So he finally actually connected with a coffin drop 
and got the one, two, three pin. So Darby Allen now is the winner of that match and now has a win on his record, which does go into uh, setting up for a future match. Uh, uh, so um, so that's kind of cool there. Uh, then you had uh, the newly named The Hybrid 2, Angelico and Jack Evans, and the Lucha Brothers versus Private Party and the Best Friends with Orange Cassidy standing on the outside, uh, um, mostly looking bored. So, and that was actually a pretty fun match all in all. And it did feature a time when all of the uh, other people were outside of the ring. And, that feels uh, like Orange spoilers right now. Well, I haven't seen it, but... Should have watched it. Orange Cassidy... Uh, <laughs> Uh, out there, it doesn't directly interfere, but like, um, uh, the best friends and Angelico and Evans are out there, and Angelico and Evans go to attack the best friends, and Orange Cassidy gets in the middle and stops them, and then puts his hands in his pockets, and uh, it's just kind of a fun little moment, and then he eventually climbs up to the top rope and does a suicide dive onto the group of them with his hands in his pockets, uh, which takes a whole God, lot of... I love that character. Uh, you know, I just, just think... I, how I love how athletic that, that laziness is. Yeah. Well, how much trust that takes for those people to catch you. Like, you do a suicide dive out, out to the outside, you've got your hands out. If those people don't catch you, you've at least got something you can try to throw in front of your face to catch you. You know what I mean? But your hands are in your pockets, right? If those people don't catch you, you rock bottom onto the pavement, right? So and potentially straight on your head. I mean, yeah. I think he's got the athleticism to do a tuck and roll type thing. But yeah, I get what you're saying. And the the Lucha Brothers pin uh, uh, Trent and get the win, and so they've now got another win uh, under their belt. And then you had uh, Dr. Britt Baker and Ali versus Penelope Ford and B. Priestley. Um, and, uh, you know, we previously had seen all of these people in multi-man matches earlier, uh, but this was nice to see them in a tag match, kind of featuring them both. And B. Priestley and Britt Baker's feud continued in this match. And uh, it was nice to see Penelope Ford because we really haven't seen a ton of her in AEW. So, but it was a pretty good match all in all. And Britt Baker excited to watch that. Mm -hmm. uh, was uh, any involvement against Allie there? Anybody nope. interfere? Nope, uh, they didn't have have really any interference there. Damn. Okay, uh, go on. But uh, it was a pretty good match in the end. And then uh, the final match was um, the one they teased before Dynamite last week of um, SCU versus the Jurassic Express, uh, including Marco Stunt, the whole team. So it was a six-man tag. And it was a fun back and forth uh, that ended with SCU winning, uh, which means the, the Jurassic Express still don't have a win as a group under their belts, but they're still more over than pretty much any other team out there. Yeah. So including including the brothers spot monkeys. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so, but it was it was just a fun show to have, you know, a great way for them to feature some more of their talent. Um, they're, they're doing it on YouTube, which means it's way easier for people to to uh, get to and and get to see it. So, um, they have an interesting match uh, based on the events of that for Dynamite uh, going live tomorrow. Uh, Jimmy Havoc versus Darby Allen in a number one contenders match uh, for who faces Chris Jericho next week in Philadelphia. So uh, Darby Allen picking up that now, win. How does that make wins and losses matter? Uh, Cody has actually said that its quality of match also matters. Uh, so And those two have put on some bangers, that's for sure. Yeah, and so even though their win-loss record isn't as good, Darby Allen's quality of match has been up there. Uh, that, in, in a way, is a little bit of a cop-out because they don't necessarily have um, that in most other sports. I mean, college football, they do it in terms of the playoff. They have a quality of match record, but, you know, they say... Yeah, yeah. style points matter there. Yeah, I guess. But so, uh, Cody Rhodes said, quality of wins plays a factor, not unlike college football. Jimmy beat two other major players in the Cracker Barrel Clash, and Darby went the distance with me and defeated Seema. So, so that's what their argument is there. Oh, so if you beat, if you go the distance with Cody, that's, that's like a win. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I mean, he is the boss, so I guess. Yeah. But so what that really means is, and I know this isn't going to happen. They're going to keep the belt on Jericho. But how badass would it be if it was either Jimmy Havoc or Darby Allin who had the second ever into going into full gear? That could be pretty BA. So, Um, but so I think that's all we really have uh, for today. Um, It was a fun episode. I'm using air quotes around fun because someone had me book a werewolf. <laughs> but it was a fun episode. Um, and it's going to be a fun week. You know, we had Raw and there were some fun moments to it, despite the absolute clunker. They really need to stop this stupid Bobby Lashley, Lana thing. But they're obviously not. Uh Paul Heyman is all in on that. So, yeah, <coughs> I was over that when it started. Yeah, um, I was over that when it was Maria and Mike Canellis. Um, so I'm over it now that that you've got quality wrestlers as part of it. <laughs> you know, I mean, Mike's kind of been buried for a while, but that's okay. Um. The, the, I would say there's there's yeah there's just no way to make that good just some storylines just need to end like fake Kane did mm-hmm. yes so. but uh, that does it for another episode of a visit from yeah we you know we've talked a little bit about some new podcasts is there any I should maybe listen to that that we've recently oh well <laughs> funny you should mention that um I recently came across a new uh podcast um it's called 
uh the fabulous um what's it called the the fabulous heel nerds because it's a play on the fabulous freebirds uh the fabulous heel nerds uh, a couple british guys uh they're you know they're pretty hilarious they they go through uh, it started off they were doing a lot of um backstage not backstage but like older uh episodes like the first episode they had they uh uh did a review of it's the one that you know almost everyone does uh, a review of bash at the beach 96 the uh episode that changed wrestling uh for the whole universe um for that and uh and so, you know, it was a fun, fun little episode, you know, them talking about the backstage stuff that's happening uh, at it and all of that stuff. And they're going through kind of starting from scratch there. But uh, they're a fun, fun group, uh, uh, group, couple people uh, doing this podcast. Um, and, and it's really entertaining to listen to. Uh, so if you have a chance... Uh, to to catch them, um, I would highly, highly recommend it. Uh, the fabulous heel nerds. You can find them on pretty much wherever you uh, listen to your podcasts. Um, uh, you can uh, listen to them to give their boozy, opinionated stroll through wrestling history. Um, so they sometimes. Yeah. Get a little tipsy before drinking and uh, or before recording and have some fun with it. But it's a fun, fun uh, podcast to listen to. And, um, you know, you know me, I'm a sucker for British accents anyways. So any uh, any other accents as good as Ollie? Um, you know, uh, one of them reminds me a lot of Randy Andy Datsun, actually. Uh, his voice reminds me a lot of that um and i'm still in my mind trying to to uh like pick out which voice is which i'm only about three episodes into it right now um you know 10 hours in the in the patrol car uh gives me a lot of time to listen to podcasts but you know i've got a lot of podcasts already listened to so yay so so yeah go ahead google um Apple uh, podcast, whatever you want to do. Uh, Spotify. Spotify. Thank you. Yeah, you can Spotify check them out. Me. The Fabulous Heel Nerds. Sounds cool. I will try that probably at the same time. So, blessing that I have YouTube TV as my way of watching television downside is now I have 24 hours or 48 hours to listen to or to watch Raw AEW Dark and all of AEW's uh, Wednesday Night Dynamite so I'm kind of excited to see how my next few days is going to go while I'm trying to crush those in and I'm more excited for the review shows because as much as I have loved review shows thus far, whether it be 83 weeks or what happened when, or any of the others that Conrad does, um, it's kind of nice to see some of these little guys do these review shows. Um, like, like you and I, but we don't do much review other than just individual things. Um, 
so it'll be kind of exciting to see um, how they reviewed it in comparison to, I don't know, say Eric Bischoff reviewed the show that he produced. Yeah. You know, at Bastion of the Beach. <clears throat> One of so. my favorite things to do right now with podcasts, I absolutely love doing this, is I hold off on listening to their preview and their review of a uh, pay-per-view until after the pay-per-view is aired. So then after it's aired, I listen to their preview and I see how wrong they are on lots of things. And I just enjoy uh, driving along and thinking, oh, if only it went the way you thought it was going to go. Just kind of fun to do. Well, yeah, that'd be really fun considering how not the way we thought it was going to go <laughs> on so yeah. many things. It's just kind of fun to, to listen like the previous ones for Hell in a Cell where people are like, yeah, so expect the Fiends to win in a glorified squash match and it should be awesome. And, and I go, oh, how naive and wonderful that time was when we thought <laughs> How great. I'm dreaming of a better Fiend storyline. <laughs> That was my but so, like it's coming. It's uh-huh. coming. Christmas match. Uh, nope. Nope. I'm going to beat you to the punch. That's next <laughs> week, buddy. <laughs> In October. <laughs> <laughs> but that should do us for today. As always, like, follow, share, subscribe. Give us five-star reviews on iTunes because it helps us get into the ear holes of more people. Talk um, with your coworkers about it sometimes, yeah. you know? It's yeah, interesting. Heck- I've, I've had the pleasure of having some conversations with my coworkers at the courthouse numerous times um, about the podcast and just about the crimes and, and how we're going to actually prosecute them and whatnot. So works out really awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, um, as I always say, uh, follow us on Twitter. You can also follow us. We have a page on Facebook. It's Raw and Order WBU, so you can go there. Uh, new episode announcements and other things are posted at both Twitter and Facebook, so you can view it there. But share it with your friends. And subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use. Uh, it makes us feel really good to see those uh, listener uh, stats go up and up and up as more people hear us. Um, also, <clears throat> we've done a lot to get the sound quality better. We shouldn't have the robot voice anymore. Everything should sound a whole lot better. But um, all the sound improvements don't exactly come free. So uh, listening, of course, helps us. We've got our our sponsor segment in the middle. Uh, But it also helps us. You can go to anchor.fm and you can click that little support button. And it's like Patreon. You can throw us a, a little scratch each month to help us improve this podcast, make it better. Um... So, but uh, however you, you guys in Maine, yeah, yeah, you guys in Maine, or I can't remember where there was some people in Iowa. Come on, Iowans, throw or us some money. The the fellow fellow attorneys that I have that listen in Michigan, yeah, come on, Michigan, yeah. throw, throw us a little love. Yeah, you got some scratch in that pocket. Throw us this way, <laughs> um, but. But as always, like, share, subscribe, follow us on Twitter. I am at Raw and Order WBU, and DA Fabe is at D A I M K 
babe we record this on video and i love watching you smile <laughs> because you know that i have to say at dame fabe <laughs> dame k fabe that's yeah it's not k a y it's just k just k. so yeah like like vincent mcmahon's middle name something yep. anyway <laughs> or middle initial, not middle name. It's Kennedy for his middle name. So, but uh, that really should need to make the main roster. <laughs> yes, so you can get your new name. We can drop some of those names and change it. You can be like Bobby Lashley, who just becomes Lashley, or uh, Apollo Cruz, who just became Apollo, and then it was Apollo Cruz again, or, or Ali. I mean Rick. Yeah, or Shay. <laughs> or Shay. Or I'm just waiting for Alistair Black to just become champion. Black. Just become black. <laughs> <laughs> or that 16-time world champion, John. That's it. <laughs> just John. Just John. <laughs> I, anyway. I can't see the rest of his name. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see his first name, so that's uh, better than me. But uh, That'll do us for the Fantasy Booking Institute. Uh, cases closed. 